Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by Robert Mays of The Athletic, who is in the midst of a great voyage here throughout <laughs> training camp. This is visit number what for you? This is my 13th stop, I think 14 teams, if we include joint practices. How's Maybe been- 15, honestly. I can't keep track anymore. How's it been so far? It's been really good. It's a fun time of year. It's just going to be around football. It's going to be talking football. And I just love kind of getting little bits here and there. You just feel so much better about how you know the teams when you spend a little bit of time with them. And that's how I like to spend this month. What was your game plan as far as coming out here to Florham Park today? What did you want to really key in on? I think it's a couple different things. Offensive line, state of the offensive line. And that was mostly, I mean, in terms of positions and everything else. But just seeing kind of the defensive line rotation and where who was getting snaps with the ones. that Those are the kind of things that I pay attention to. It's just essentially deployment of players. Because I don't know how much you're going to see schematically and all of that to be able to key into it. But who's running with which teams, who's being used in which roles. Like that's the type of information I feel like you can really glean at this time. What did you think about what you saw out there on the field? I think it's a work in progress, yep. especially in the offensive <laughs> line. I mean, I think that they're in the pro- – I mean, Robert's all set it after practice today. They're figuring out what that five is going to be and who that five is, and that's what this time of year is for. So I'm sure there's a lot of panic among people in green in this area of the country, but there's still some time. we still got about three, four weeks before the season starts. How different does this look if Dwayne Brown comes back in a week or two weeks and he's ready to go. I think it's a huge difference because you just have that reliable factor at that side. And then it all kind of falls into place potentially after that. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think that they're comfortable with the guys they have in the building to be able to figure this out, but having that one piece in place and then being able to kind of move everything around outside of that, I think is important. It's interesting what you saw today because Joe Tipman was out there working with the first yeah. team for the first time here in training camp. What did you think about the draft, drafting of Tipman, the Wisconsin product, and also his development here early? It was interesting hearing Sala talk about, you know, you string a couple of good days of practice together, you have a good game, and then you get more opportunities. Right. And you kind of feel like, how all right, we're going to look at how you fit in the grand scheme of this. The pick made sense. I mean, I understand Joe Douglas's plan with the offensive line. He threw a lot of bodies at right. this problem. Let's bring in as many guys as we can. That If you think about how many career starts Billy Turner has, you build depth in all the right spots. So if you incur the level of injuries that they have over the last couple of years, you still feel good about a five by the end of the season. And I think that's what they tried to do. And I think that's kind of where they are now. And drafting a guy in the second round with his profile, 
positional versatility, all the things you want out of a guy who is a backup, could be a starter. I think it all makes sense on paper. It's interesting how this is going to unfold because Tipman was with the ones today, but Solid did say that Connor McGovern will be back with the ones tomorrow. So we'll have to see how this rotation works now here in the third week of the preseason for the Jets. And he's been – he called Tipman a pleasant surprise after the Cleveland game, and he thought he followed up with a very good week in Carolina against the Panthers. With offensive linemen, you just get so few live reps before training camp starts, one, because there's no pads on. And two, even when training camp begins, like, they haven't seen him play football right. for that many purely snaps and volume. So that game, I'm sure, was potentially a pleasant surprise because your exposure to a guy like that that's a rookie just isn't very deep at this stage of the calendar. So I'll be fascinated how that potential development shakes everything else out. Could Mikai Becton be an X-Factor for the Jets? I think that I'm sure they would like him to be, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if you can get more out of him than you've gotten over the last couple of years, what does that do to the complexion of the room overall? So. They have so many different guys and so many different options. It feels like there's a thousand different permutations of what that group could look like. And if he's part of it, I'm sure that that would be, a, again, pleasant surprise on their part. All right. So, Robert, the big news here for the Jets broke yesterday is that Dalvin Cook mm -hmm. agrees to terms on a deal. What do you think about the fit here? I'm curious what this means for Brees Hall's workload. Mm. And, and because I, I think that Brees Hall is a fantastic player. I mean, you saw what he did for them last year. Every time he touched the ball, it felt like something electric was going to happen as a receiver, as a runner. I mean, he seems like a really special talent. Yeah. And to bring in a guy, presumably a deal that's pretty healthy at this stage of the calendar, somebody who's a proven player, is it going to be more of a split? Like, how do those touches shake out? But again, I think this is a team that's just trying to cover all its bases. When you bring in Aaron Rodgers to be your quarterback, I think you've made a declaration of declaration of intent about who you want to be. We want to be contenders. And when you are building a team like that, you have to think about December 20th as much as you think about September 1st. Right. And building depth and building as many options as you can makes sense. So even if on paper it's like, well, who's the starting running back and how are the touches going to shake out? I think this is just about protecting yourself in every way possible as you think about what the ultimate goals are. For people who weren't, weren't watching the NFC North last year, <laughs> Dalvin Cook has been super productive, both on the ground and in the passing game, of course. What do you think stylistically as far as the fit in the scheme? I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, his best days were when he was in kind of a zone-heavy running scheme in Minnesota. Think about what they were really over the last three or four years, even before O'Connell got there. Kevin Stefanski had a lot of those Gary Kubiak-centric ideas. Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator there. And the running game in Minnesota last season, they just never quite figured it out. Mm. I mean, there were a lot of disparate parts. So you have this 11 personnel, three receiver background that Kevin O'Connell comes from in Minnesota. But last year, they're kind of a two tight end team when they get TJ Hawkinson. And they have CJ Ham, who's a fullback. And the Rams never really had a fullback when he was there. So I don't think they really ever it clicked into place the running game and how it should function. And I think that might have contributed to maybe a step down in Dalvin Cook's production. So if you drop him into maybe a rushing offense and offense in general, maybe is a little bit more settled. I think that you could see a better version of Dalvin Cook than you potentially did last season. Aaron Rodgers' arrival, what does it mean specifically for the running backs and perhaps what kind of fronts they'll be seeing? I think it's important. I mean, because if you want to stack the box and you want to make sure that 
if you want to make this team throw the ball, I think they're probably comfortable throwing the ball when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback back there. So it just opens everything up. When you have this sort of guy, the way it feels at practice every day is different. The looks that you're going to get is different. It's why you go out and get somebody like this. What were your takeaways from watching number eight today? It's just so fun watching him try to poke and prod during training camp yeah. practices, see what he can get away with, just different arm angles, I mean, trying to throw things off balance. And he often will look impressive, but there are mistakes during training camp because he's really just seeing what he can get away with right. and trying to figure out what that looks like in this context after being in a fairly similar context for a very long time. He's in the experimental phase, and I think that in a lot of ways, that's how this team feels right now. What are your expectations for the offense early? Because a lot of people who've been in that seat where you're at right now said, who've played, who've coached, have said, hey, listen, out of the gate, there's going to be a feeling out process here offensively. I absolutely think there is. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, the, again, it's August 15th, and the offensive line isn't settled yet. There's so many different things that I think, and who's going to be the running back snaps, and how often does Brees play early in the season? Do they bring him along a little bit slowly? So it could be week six, seven, eight before this team figures out what it should be yeah. on offense, and that's okay. When you have a new quarterback and so many moving pieces, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, it's going to take a little while for you to actually gel and kind of settle into the best version of yourself. And as long as the defense can kind of lift them in that period, which I think they're more than capable of doing, they'll stay afloat long enough to be relevant. The defense had some good fortune last year considering its health. But can it take another step this year? Can it raise maybe going from that a category of very good to an elite defense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that they didn't have – they had very good health luck last year, but they didn't create that many turnovers. Yep. I mean, so if you want to take away from one area and kind of give it to the other – Let's say they're a little bit less healthy this year, but they take the ball away at a slightly higher rate. They can be a top three defense. They have players at every single level. They have depth in the right places. You look at the defenses that have been really scary over the last few years, San Francisco, Dallas, what Philly was last year. When you can send waves of pass rushers at people, it solves a lot of woes. It allows you to do a lot of stuff. And it feels like that. this is one of those teams I mean, the idea that they were a top five-ish defense last year and Jermaine Johnson was a role player. And now if he takes a step forward and you get something from Will McDonald and you can really tell yourself a story about this being arguably the scariest defense in the league. Wow. So you mentioned Jermaine Johnson. The guy's had a fabulous camp. <laughs> I mean, he was outstanding the other day. I felt bad for some of those Carolina Panthers reserve <laughs> offensive linemen because you're going against a guy who, you know, I, I don't know how it's all going to shake out opening night against the Buffalo Bills, but because you got Carl Lawson, you got John Franklin Myers, you mentioned Will McDonald, you got Jermaine Johnson, you got Bryce Huff. What is the potential for the defensive line it, it, as far as getting to the quarterback this year, considering what you have in Aaron Rodgers on the other side? I think it has a chance to be the most disruptive defensive line, especially in the AFC and one of the best defensive lines in the league. I mean, you look at the groups that they have in Philly and Dallas still, and they're pretty darn good. But this group is deeper than it's ever been. I think it's more explosive than it's ever been. You look at Jermaine Johnson just physically, what he looks like now compared to what he looked like last year. It's just a different group, and they were already pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the idea that they had to blitz at the highest rate in the league two years ago because they didn't feel comfortable about their guys getting home if they didn't. 
And then last year, they ratcheted all the way back in the other direction. That's all you need to know about how the staff feels about this group. And now they're even better than they were a year ago. I think they have a chance to be very scary. The cornerback group, when you're talking about Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter II, and we saw the Jets employing some big nickel out there today. But with those three, where would you rank those guys? Oh, it's definitely up near the top of the league. I mean, I have to think about teams that are, are comparable, but it's tough because even groups that used to be really strong are kind of in transition. Now, you know, Baltimore had such a good group for years, and now Marcus Peters isn't there anymore. You know, Patrick Sertan is a fantastic player, but I think there's some uncertainty at the other cornerback spots in Denver. Jalen Ramsey's not even in L.A. anymore, and he's hurt. So right, you know, if you wanted to throw yeah. the Dolphins yeah. into that conversation – it's a really good question. I mean, I think a lot of the best defenses in the league are kind of driven more by their fronts than their secondary at this point, which is kind of interesting on its own. Philly, at their best, I think, is a very good group. Avante Maddox is a really good nickel corner. James Bradbury, I think, was a second-team All-Pro last year. Darius Slay is a really good player. But even that group, you got two guys who are 30. You know, it's maybe we've seen their best days. And you could argue that the Jets' best days, even after having an All-Pro season last year for Sauce Gardner, are still ahead of them. So – they're probably right there at the top of the NFL, if not number one. What do you think's next for Gardner? It's a great question. I I don't know what they see as kind of the next step for him because we've seen a lot of those guys who are the shutdown corners in the league. They travel with certain players. They just become their their role expands, and what's asked of them becomes a little bit more expensive, extensive. But their defense is so zone heavy and soundness, and wanting to keep him on one side. I think it's just trying to keep this going. Yeah, I, you think well, a rookie wouldn't you want him to get better? Corners, it can be somewhat volatile from season to season. It's a really hard position to be really good every single year. So if you got this guy for the next five years, that's almost the best case scenario. So replicating what he did last year is probably good enough to make him the best corner in the league. Were you surprised that DJ Reed came here and had the success? he had in year one we know that he had a breakout with seattle obviously starting his career with robert sala in san francisco where sala blames himself he said you know he's a smaller guy so i put him on the inside <laughs> and whatever and i a prototypical inside guy and look at what he did but as far as like last year or did we just not pay enough attention to him maybe nationally with the east coast bias that with what Reed was doing in Seattle. Corner. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's so, it's so silly because guys can just kind of come out of nowhere. Everything can click for them. And if you're not in a team's plans long-term financially, you'll, you'll just hit the market. You know, there are a couple different guys over even last year's free agent group specifically. Charvarius Ward is just somebody that the Chiefs couldn't pay because how do you earmark that money? It's a seventh round pick. He came out of nowhere. And DJ Reed kind of feels like the same thing. And every couple of years, there are just those guys that emerge seemingly from obscurity to become these really useful players. And he happened to become one of those guys. And they handed out that deal last year and you think, oh, it's like 11 million for DJ Moore or DJ Reed every single year. Like that's a decent chunk of change. And he was even better than that. So right. being able to find those guys that are available for the right reason, just because for whatever reason in a team building sense, their team couldn't retain them. You can find value in those ways. And I think that's what DJ Reed was for this team last year. How important is CJ Mosley to this defense? I, I think it's the stabilizing force. Yeah. You know, just having those sorts of guys that have the right heartbeat in the middle of it. We underrate that at that position specifically, you know, guys that are maybe a little bit older or don't give you as much pass brush production as some other players do. Their impact is harder to see at times. And I think that he kind of epitomizes that for this team. What do you think about Quinn Williams deal where he is now after four years in the NFL with the breakout campaign last year, 12 and a half and his teammates are talking about, Hey, Quinn has this focus where yeah, I got paid, but I want to be considered the best defensive tackle in football now. You look at the gap and how it's closed between those interior players and the edge guys, and I think that's reflective of the impact they have on the game. And you have all of these defensive tackles who kind of hit their peak and came along at the right time contract-wise. It felt like Dexter Lawrence was similar. You know, these guys that maybe was a little bit uneven early in their careers and it all kind of clicks into place. And for a guy like Quentin Williams, what is he, 25? Yes. I, <laughs> That's what you want. I mean, this guy that could potentially be one of the most disruptive, impactful defensive players in the league, even if it's a four or five year deal, it's all what happens before he's 30. I mean, I think he has a chance to be one of the best defensive players in football for the next several seasons. And when you pair that with Sauce Gardner and a lot of really good role players elsewhere, that's when you can start to really build excitement for where this team is on that side of the ball. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, was Garrett Wilson. He's had instant chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, which I didn't know if I could have predicted because I didn't know if, hey, this is going to take a little bit of time because this is Aaron's offense. He's coming in with Hackett, but he's got to learn you and – it just seems like from the get, those guys have been on it. What do you think about that combination? 
I love it because Garrett's game is so instinctual. You know, there are elements of who he is that if you look at testing times and you look at his physical profile, it's like, this guy's a top 10 pick. But then you see him play and it all clicks into place and it makes sense why. Those are the guys that Aaron's been really successful with in mm. the past. Jordy Nelson wasn't some crazy tester. He wasn't this guy that jumped off the tape necessarily. Devontae Adams was a second round pick. But they're guys that just have incredible feel for the way the game is played. And Garrett Wilson seems like one of those guys. So I'm not surprised at all because it's the type of receiver and the type of profile that's worked with Aaron in the past. Do you like the Adams comparisons? And, and Rodgers has even said, I've seen some similarities here early. And this guy ultimately has the chance to be the top receiver in the NFL. I think that's where your mind should go. Yeah. And I think that there's a lofty expectations, but when you have the right quarterback, that's when you can see receivers grow at that sort of pace. I, I can't wait to watch it. I just feel like those two guys and just the overall sense they have for the game and how offense should be played, I think it's a marriage that makes a lot of sense. What do you think about the revamp group around Wilson? He's the centerpiece. We know that. You bring in Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb uh, comes over as well. McCole Hardman comes over from the Chiefs. Um, you got Corey Davis is still on this roster. I think people forget about him. What do you think about the other pieces? It makes a lot of sense. All the pieces fit, in my opinion, because Alan Lazard is that classic kind of big-bodied slot within this offense, does the dirty work for you, makes it so Garrett Wilson doesn't have to. You know, Those are the, those are the guys you want, those classic role-playing receivers. And his skill set and Hardman's skill set, just think about how different that is mm. and the element that it gives you within the offense. So I don't want to call Michael Hardman a gadget guy, but somebody who's – one of those distractions, you know, that there's a lot of splashing of the water, as we like to say, jet motion, using him in all these different ways. So you have kind of your true blue number one receiver. You have that big bodied physical presence who can do a lot of digging out and blocking for you. And then you have a guy who you can just move all around the formation and kind of give that flashing light to defenses. And then Corey Davis does a little bit of everything. I mean, it's a good, well-rounded group when you're trying to build that room. I think you want to consider complementary skill sets. Right. And I think that's how they've built this group. Speaking of complementary skill sets, how about the tight end position and Roger's success with that position over the years? And he's got some veterans here and CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin. He's got a young ascending player here in Jeremy Rockert. Uh, the Jets, I think, have high hopes for this group. And uh, what kind of numbers do you anticipate from the group as a whole? I just like that the fact that they're solid, well-rounded tight ends. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see these tight end groups and it's very specific, the sorts of roles that they can play. This guy's the move tight end. This guy's the blocking tight end. When this guy's on the field, I think of Chris Manhurts in Jacksonville last year, where when they're in a two tight end set and he's on the field, you know what's coming. Yeah. They're, they're trying to run the ball. He's an extra <laughs> offensive lineman. That's not what Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama are. They've been those kind of classic inline tight ends that can do a little bit of everything. And I think the multiplicity that gives you on offense, that's what you're searching for. You want to be able to give no tells to a defense based on who's on the field. And right. I think that's what this group does. Where are you at with the AFC East? The Buffaloes won this uh, division I, the last I, I three honestly years. don't even want to start going down that road. It's just so difficult. I look at it. Not and, ranking them, but just like an overall landscape. I, I love it. I mean, just every – the fact that – I mean, what is it? Buffalo and the Jets on Monday night in week one? Yes. I, you can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, I'm already getting excited about it. It's going to be a weekly 
must-see event every single time a team in this division plays against each other. Because I know the Patriots offensively, there's some something left to be desired. Patriots defense is for real. Yeah, like they they have some real pieces on that side of the ball at every single level. So you have the Patriots defense against Aaron Rodgers, the Patriots defense against Josh Allen, this defense against Josh Allen, this defense against what Miami has. Every single matchup of an offensive and defensive game, maybe outside of the Pats playing against whoever, is one of the things I'm going to be watching that week. It's absolutely ridiculous top to bottom. Miami, they had this offense last year that's a fireworks show every single time their quarterback is healthy. Then they hire Vic Fangio to be their defensive coordinator. Like Every single team, and same as this team, you have this defense with this group of young pieces. Now Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. It's unbelievable how far all of these organizations have come in the last two, three years to kind of become, inarguably, the best division in the league. Did each of those teams get better this offseason, you think, when you're talking about the AFC East? Yes. I, th- I think you could make a case that New England didn't get a lot better personnel-wise. I think Bill O'Brien coming in as their no. offensive coordinator and just taking this from a team that really couldn't figure it out on that side of the ball to competency, a guy who has done this before, that outside of Rodgers might be the single most impressive and most important move a team made in this division. But other t- every other team, personnel-wise, I-, I think it's inarguable. You know, the Dolphins, yeah, I know Jalen Ramsey's hurt, but Ramsey, you know, some of the other moves that they made on the defensive side of the ball. I think David Long is a really nice player. Yeah. They go get Vic Fangio. Buffalo's kind of transformation on offense, I think, is a chance to be really interesting. And I really like some of the moves Buffalo made at quieter spots on their roster. Mm. They added more depth at safety with Taylor Rapp. They went out and got interior offensive line help and signing. I can never remember his name. It's driving me crazy. It's one of the Connors. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern. Yes. So Connor <laughs> McGovern is, is now their left guard comes over from Dallas. Dallas. They drafted Osiris Torrance in the second round. They just have so much more physicality among that offense. Dalton Kincaid is there now. So I just think every team was very thoughtful in the ways that it needed to get better. And there was already something to build on with each one of those teams. I mean, Miami, I think it was just a matter of we need the right guy to orchestrate this defense because we have the players. I mean, their front is legit. They've got some real players up there. So I think every move that these teams made this offseason kind of with these goals in mind makes sense on paper. Now it's just a matter of which ones work out the best. You talked about how much each of these teams have come along maybe over the last couple years, specifically Joe Douglas. What kind of job has he done here? It's so funny when you look at all the moves in totality. So many of them, most of them, have made total sense. You think about the way a GM should do this, where it's about accruing resources, giving yourself as many chances as you can, not overextending yourself, building depth in the right places. But then you counter that with spending the second overall pick on a quarterback that you actively had to replace. And it's difficult. It's a a reminder that every single GM – has a mixed bag. Yeah. Every single one. No GM has a blemishless record. You think back to Seattle last year and the draft that Seattle had, and then you look at this Seahawks draft record and John Schneider's for the previous four or five years before that. It was bad. I mean, they could not find players in the draft, and then they nail one last year. So I just think it's about making sure you're doing things right process-wise. Are we making sure we have the right amount of picks? Are we accruing picks in the right way? Are we spending smartly in free agency? And I think the answer to all of that is yes. You think about the level of underlying talent on this team on both sides of the ball. You talk about it. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner winning offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same draft, a draft where they had two top 10 picks. 
that's good work. That that's the type of process you want from the person in charge. So we'll see what happens. You know, this is now a matter of if the quarterback works out, then all is forgiven. And I kind of think that's where this team is. How about that draft though? You mentioned Sauce and Wilson, but they come back later in the first round trade up to get yep. Jermaine Johnson. And then they trade up a couple spots in the second round to get Brees Hall. Those four guys, because the Jets have high hopes for Jermaine Johnson, and he's had a great camp, potentially maybe all those guys get to all pro level. Yeah, and you need the picks to do that. It's just about making sure that we have the right resources down the road. And we get attached to players and certain ideas we have of what teams should be. But think about what that Jamal Adams trade could potentially be for the Jets. In the what I was term. just going to go to with uh, you because – you, you talk about, hey, listen, your process has to be right, and and I want you to elaborate on the trade, but it's pretty – it's something else. Like you just mentioned, Seattle, where they're at now. They made the playoffs last year. They got even higher hopes this year because they were able to hit on their draft. But prior to that, you were thinking, wow, the Jets won that trade in a big-time way, and it's going to take them to the next level where Seattle – may have lost that trade, but at the end of the day, they hit on last year's draft. Also, they got more picks. Yeah. <laughs> because of the Russell Wilson trade. Like they they won their own trade <laughs> yes. to kind of put them back in position. And you need that somewhere down the line. When you're one of these teams that is rebuilding and kind of refiguring out what you're supposed to be, you think about the success stories over the last few years. I think the Jets are one of those success stories. I think the Lions are one of those success stories, what we've seen from Seattle. Every single one of those teams accrued more picks somewhere along the way because they understood what their timeline was. I think it's why what the Cardinals have done this offseason is encouraging. It's like, listen, we're going nowhere fast. Let's make sure that we stockpile picks for next year. We got two first rounders. We got an extra third. These teams that have picks coming out of the woodwork because they understand where they are. That's important. The Bears just did it with trading down from the number yep. one pick and Carolina coming up. So I think that understanding self-awareness in the team building process is hugely important and being able to kind of be honest with yourself, your coaching staff about where we are, that's a necessary step to get you where you want to go. And I think that we've seen that and it's been a through line from all of the success stories over the last few years. We talked about the division. How good is the conference? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, I can't remember a collection of young quarterbacks that was this concentrated. You know, you think about the MVPs and MVP caliber players on this side. Mahomes and Allen are, have been the two best quarterbacks in the league. Burrow is going to win an MVP award at some point in his right. career. Justin Herbert is unbelievable. Like last year, he was, had broken rib cartilage for like eight weeks and was still a really good quarterback. Lamar Jackson has been the MVP of the NFL before. All those guys are under 27, 28. Mm -hmm. So that being kind of the fulcrum of it all, and then you have all these teams that are interesting in other ways. Like Steelers defense is going to be really, really good this season. The Browns have done a really good job of putting together that roster. If Deshaun Watson clicks into place, then they could be really frisky <laughs> in the entire AFC picture. And there's so many different teams that I think are at least interesting or building this thing in the right way. And Jacksonville's build was a little bit different, just in the sense that they hit the right quarterback and then kind of made everything different. They didn't never stockpile picks the way that other people did. But when you find that guy and you find the right coach, everything else is a little bit easier. And they're kind of in that conversation too. If they won 10 games and they pushed one of these teams in the playoffs, no one would be surprised. It's pretty ridiculous top to bottom. There are going to be very few easy weeks. All right. The podcast. 
how much do you enjoy what you're doing and is it a labor of love because for people listening man you're having a good time but at the same time you're working all the time i feel very lucky to do this for a living you know it's something that we put a lot into because we take pride in the work you know and i want it to be something where when people listen not that they can see the strings, but that they know that we put it in. We put in the time, we put in the effort, we put in the care. There's intention behind the work that we're doing. But at the same time, even if there is a lot of work that goes into it, it rarely feels that way. You know, I would never want my bosses to hear this, but it's something that it doesn't feel like work when you're enjoying it as much as we do. I love the game. I love talking to people about it. I love learning about it. I mean, there are times when we're talking on the show and we'll just get carried away and you can kind of feel the exuberance and that's what we want. You know, we want people to have a good time and maybe learn something along the way. And if we can put in the energy and kind of make it that sort of environment when people come to the show, that's what we're hoping for. So if we do that every once in a while, then I, I feel like that's success in our minds. What's got you most excited for globally when you look at the National Football League this season? That's such a tough question. I, I, I really am excited to see some of these young quarterbacks in these semi-new situations. Like, what does Lamar look like in that revamped Ravens offense? Mm -hmm. What does Justin Herbert look like with Kellen Moore now in that offense? Just these guys who – I'm fascinated by quarterback careers and how things kind of change over time. Like, when you look at the Patriots over a 20-year span, and you think about the types of offenses that existed in 2004 and 2005 when they were winning Super Bowls, and then what they looked like in 07, and just the different eras of that team that you saw. And we've seen it happen in Kansas City a little bit, where you have this team in Mahomes' first couple of years that just bombs away. I mean, they're just pushing the ball down the field consistently. That's what the type of offense they have. And then defenses adjust, and now you have to become a little something different. And I mean, the Chiefs had one of the lowest average depths of targets in the league last year. Mm. They traded away one of the best players in football, and they were the best offense in the league because of just the little tiny bits of evolution you see from the quarterback. The game is constantly changing, and it's constantly evolving. If you continue to do the same thing over and over and over again, the other coaches get paid too. They are going to catch up with you. So how teams try to create those little tiny edges and stay just a little bit ahead as often as they can, that's my favorite thing to watch. It's just kind of that cyclical evolutionary nature of the way the game exists. And I think that you see that in moments both big and small every single year. Do you like the storyline of the old quarterback here, Aaron Rodgers, 39, going to be 40 in December, matching up with a defensive head coach and Robert Sala for the first time? Yeah, it's. I love the bet that the Jets made. I would make it 100 times out of 100 because it's really the best chance. You have this roster that's ready to win. You know it's ready to win. You feel that level of urgency. What is the best shot for this other group of 2152 players? It's this quarterback. And so we have to do everything we can. It didn't feel like there were any other options this offseason. This mm -hmm. was it. This was the plan. This was the move. And that level of urgency, I'm sure the people in this building feel it. I'm sure it's not always comfortable. But for somebody who's on the outside looking in with nothing invested in this, boy, is it fun. <laughs> There's football 101, and then there's football 501, and Robert Mays is always bringing it. Thank you so much for stopping by the studio, and we'll be listening to you throughout the summer, throughout the regular season. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 